That's good. That's good. All the time, all the time. And um, we are excited about 2018. Um, it's going to be a phenomenal year because a lot of signs happened in 2017. A lot of signs of telling about the coming of the Lord is getting very close. So if that is happening, some major things have to happen in the body of Jesus Christ. Correct? I mean, all the promises, exactly as Julie is saying, all the promises that have been meant for the body of Jesus Christ have to happen before He comes. So, so we, we see that accelerating with the proclamation of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. You know, those things that were not impossible. People would not even believe that that is even possible with all the opposition. But you start to see what's happening in the natural is also reflected in the spiritual. So God is restoring stuff. He's restoring things into the body of Jesus Christ. So he started by restoring initially the gospel of Jesus Christ, that salvation, right? Because for a long time, the gospel had completely lost in the dark ages. Then he started restoring that you can only by faith you can be saved, not by works and not by lighting candles and not by paying money to the church and stuff like that for a long time. Then and then he started restoring, after that he restored what? He restored, he restored health. He brought the, faith, the message of healing into the body of Jesus Christ. You know, I mean, there was a lot of healing revivals all over the land after that happened. Then he restored, I think before that he restored uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That means the uh, anointing that the Holy Spirit gives started moving very carefully, strongly. Then he restored all healing into the body of Jesus Christ. And healing became very common. And then it became like, okay, healing with oral robots, ministries, and, you know. And then, uh, then, but the church was always very poor, correct? So then the, ministry, the message of that you, you can be, God makes you prosperous and makes you sufficient in all things. And that's, that started being restored into the body of Jesus Christ. To some extent, it's still ongoing. And these times, so we are seeing it's as God, the coming of Jesus Christ is getting closer and closer, he's restoring all these things that was already there in the original church back into the body of Jesus Christ. You see that? I mean, the original church, they were all prosperous. Remember, said they lacked nothing. They were all healed. They did not have anybody sick. In fact, they said, he, uh, James says, if anyone is sick among you, he's talking to the Jews, let him go to the church. <laughs> Because the church was like, know the place, man. Tell anybody from the church. They will lay hands on you and you can be healed. I mean, the church had a reputation of, he's telling the Jews, go to the church. You know, because the church is like, everybody's healed. Everybody's prosperous. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were all prophesying. And they were, you know, so everything was there in the original church. And then the enemy completely plundered the church. Because exactly as Jesus prophesied, and even Paul said, after me shall come, Wolves in sheep's clothing, and they will devour the flock. Paul said that, you know. So, so all that. So he's kind of restoring all this stuff right now. So we were talking about this year. One of the things again, coming back to the question, what do I feel sense as for the for for our life team, for us as a group? I feel very strongly that this year will be the year of glory for our life team and for the families in our life team. Year of glory. Year of glory means 
Glory means good, good opinion of the Father for you. That means God has a great opinion about the Father. Glory is always translated in the Bible as good opinion. Good opinion. Glory is not like 100,000 watts of warm fuzzy light. <laughs> That's not glory. Glory is good opinion. So with good opinion means so people will look around in this world will look at you and they will, they will talk well of you because of the things that God is doing for you. Make sense? Like people say, man, this guy is very famous. Man, look at what, what, what all is happening to him. Like he's so blessed. Oh, look at the promotion this guy is getting. Because that will be all a reflection of God's good opinion about you. But it will be reflected to the world. The world doesn't understand God's opinion, right? But they will see the glory of God on you because they will understand glory as being, oh, this guy is so prosperous. Oh, he's got so supernatural favor. What's happening? Why is he blessed? You know, so you're going to hear this year a lot more people amazed as what he said, favor that has come upon you. Because the glory of God is going to rest upon you this year. Say Amen. Amen. And every promise that God has spoken to each one of you, I declare right now is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Amen. And this is very powerful. Okay. So, so we studied, and I want you to stay with me today because it's a very, very, it's a powerful message, right? Obviously, I won't be able to cover the whole thing. But I will at least get you started on that message. And then I want you to kind of study it further down. But it's, it's a very powerful message. Very powerful message. So let's just pray. Father, we come before your throne of grace. We thank you and we come at this time. Lord, Holy Spirit, come and teach us, O Master. Come and teach us. Because you're, Jesus, you promised that you would send the Holy Spirit and you will remind us of all things that you have told us. And Father, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, you take off Jesus and reveal it to us this evening time. And we cancel every plan of the enemy against us in robbing us of this word in Jesus' name. And we receive the implanted word with joy and with gladness and understanding for we bear much fruit. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 The title of the message is Righteous Righteously. Okay, I know it sounds, sounds a little complicated, but Righteous Righteously. Right? So, the promise that God gave for this year was, let's go to uh, Psalms chapter 84. Psalms chapter 84. So, so are, you, are you going to stay with me today fast and follow with, through me the scriptures? Don't get bored, okay? <laughs> Just kind of tell your flesh, okay, I want to listen to this word, right? We have to listen to this word. But look at this powerful thing. Psalms chapter 84, 84, 84, Psalms chapter 84, so I'm going to read through this very fast, I want you to catch and I'll, I'll hover over one verse, okay, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts, my soul longs, even yes, faints for the courts of the Lord, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God, even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may live her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. The psalmist is saying, O Lord, I just want to be in your house. Now, how many of you, how many of you, like, how many of you know that that promise is now fulfilled for us? How? 
How is it fulfilled? We are the temple of God for the first time. God said, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. What's the place that I can find rest? But he said, but I will find rest in the heart of a contrived man. So he's talking about a place which is not built by man. Solomon built him a house, but God does not dwell in buildings made with hands. So God did not dwell in Solomon's temple. It was just a temporary place for him to show his presence. But God said, in one place I will dwell, in a house made without hands. Who is the house made without hands? Us. Because <laughs> we were not made by hands. But he could not live in us because we were not righteous. Because we are not holy. Right? Because you are not holy, a holy God cannot dwell with us. That that was possible because of Jesus. After Jesus made us righteous because of the cross, we were born again. So we are no, no longer sons of Adam. We are now sons of? Are you son of Adam? Were you son of Adam? Yes, you were born into the world as sons of Adam. But what happened? Right, so so what happened? How did you become sons of uh, somebody else? Sons of God? So you died as sons of Adam and you were born again as sons of God. Amen? That's the only way this exchange of fatherhood can happen. See, this is so complicated. But God had to make it happen. See, this was like a, this was like a checkmate situation for man because the way... Satan deceived us. He caused Adam to sin. And because Adam sinned, he died. Technically, spiritually. And he be, and all of his descendants became sons of Satan. All of his descendants. So anybody who is born of a slave in your house. If somebody is a slave in your house. And if the slave has children. Whose children are those the masters. You got that picture? It's very powerful. Every child born to a slave belongs to the master. So when Satan got Adam to sin and he became a slave, all of his descendants automatically became slaves of Adam. The only way out of it was, how was the only way out? You had to die. So, but dying is not a great option. Right? <laughs> I mean, so a lot of people actually, like a lot of people give up on life saying that I want to get out of the misery. The best way to get out of the misery is to die. So, but that is no problem for Satan. Satan says, hey, you want to die? Go ahead and die. But that doesn't solve God's problem of all the sons who became Sons of Adam. Sons of Satan. Amazing. God had to solve a problem. And he wanted his sons to, those sons to become sons of God. But the only way he could do was, he had, they first had to die. And then, they had to, be, he had to, they had to be born of God. That means God had to give birth to them. It's amazing. And that's what the born again process is. Okay? So, look at this. Look at verse, verse this. Verse 5, blessed is the man whose strength is in you 
and verse 8. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give your, O Lord God of Jacob, Selah. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your court is better than a thousand and I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of our God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Okay, so I want you to repeat after me. Okay, verse 11. For the Lord, for the Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold for those who walk uprightly. Okay, so the promise to you is no good thing in 2018 will he withhold from you. No good thing. So, so now it's very easy in 2018 to know whether something is God's will for you. All you have to ask is, in 2018 it's easy to find the will of God. The will of God is, is it good? If it is good, the Bible says, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Then immediately, the voice inside you is telling, what? I am not walking uprightly, right? What a liar that guy is, right? That guy is a liar. That voice is a liar. Because today you will know what the definition of upright is. He says, if you walk uprightly, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. What is walk uprightly? That brings to the picture of the Bible defines the way as only two ways in the Bible. Listen to this very carefully. I don't, I'm not going to expand on it very detailed. Maybe once some other message we will talk about it. Write it down if you're taking notes. It's called the way of Cain and the way of Jordan. Just write it down. You all are all leaders in, the, in this house. So uh, you all will understand it. Because I'm not going to go deep into it because that will itself become a whole message. The way of Cain and the way of Jordan. Okay? Listen to this. The Bible only talks about two ways. The way of Cain and the way of Jordan. Okay? What is the way of Cain? The way of Cain is a, a, a way without death to reach the righteous standard of God. Say without death. That means without dying you become righteous. The way of Cain. Like for example, so when Cain brought a sacrifice, he brought a bloodless sacrifice to God. Correct? So he was he a sinner? Was Cain a sinner? Was Cain a sinner? Yes. Was Abel a sinner? Yes. So Cain wanted to become righteous. So did Abel wanted to become righteous. Yes or no? Correct? So both wanted to become righteous. So Cain brought a sacrifice. Abel brought a sacrifice. Good. Both are perfect because God said through a sacrifice you can become righteous. Right? Cain brought a sacrifice which did not have death in it. He brought the fruit. It was no death in it. Correct? While Abel brought a sacrifice which involved death. Who died? The lamb died. So the way of Cain is always a way of Deathless sacrifice. Say deathless sacrifice. Yes. So man, all religions in the world 
apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ, is through the way of Cain. Very simple. See, if you look, break it down, it makes every philosophy in the world can be now understood as the way of Cain or the way of Jordan. Right? The word is the way of Jordan. The way of Jordan says, you cannot... Okay, so this is powerful. This is very powerful. I want you to go to uh, Exodus chapter... Exodus chapter 13. Let's go to Exodus chapter 13. So are, you, are you all with me right now? Okay, Exodus chapter 13. If you get this, man, it's, it'll, it'll shift in your system, in your flesh, in your body, in your spirit. It'll, a lot of things will shift. Let's go to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. Verse 17. Then it came to pass... When Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For, the law, for, the, for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. Okay. Again, look at that. The Bible always talks about two ways. Correct? One way is the way of Cain, which avoids death. Who's death? Somebody's death. Right? Why? Because the wages of sin is death. And man wants to become righteous without paying the price. Very, it's powerful. All world philosophies are around this. So here is... Another, so Israel comes out of Egypt, correct? Now, are they in the promised land? Not yet. What is the promised land? Is the, the, is the land of all the blessings of the righteous. Say the land of the blessings of the righteous. So that's the land you want. What is in that land? Houses that you did not build. Vineyards that you did not plant. Wells that you did not dig. Wow, is that, a, is that even possible? Sure, it is possible for the righteous. Say righteous. Is that clear? So, so God is bringing them to a land of the blessings of the righteous because where only they can inherit that. But in that land, you don't work for it. You receive it as a gift. So land of Canaan means the vineyards were Already gardened and watered. The rain would come from heaven and water it. They, would, they were not like Egypt. That they had to pedal the water into. You know the, the Egypt is a flat land. The Nile used to go. And the water has to be brought into the crop area. So what they would do is. They, you see these pedals. There's a, you see these bucket wheels. You, you run that wheel. And then the water flows into the canals. And then the canals go into the various places. So. There was no electricity in those times. So these slaves would used to pedal these things and they would put the water into the fields. So right from water to the fruits. Like what are the fruits that they produced in Egypt? Was onion, garlic. What is the other one? No fruits. It was onion, garlic and leaves. What is common of all these things? All 
underground. Everything is back-breaking stuff. But when they came into Canaan, God said, you will eat grapes, fruits. So everything is at your hand. You didn't have to work for it. You got it? Say the blessings of the righteous. So God had, so they came out of Egypt, fine. But they could not inherit land of Canaan. There was two ways to get to land of Canaan. One was the way of the Philistines. The way of Philistines involved, it was shorter, the Bible says, isn't it? And then there was the way of the Red Sea. Okay. Which involved death? Red Sea. Why? Red Sea is a picture of death. It's a picture of baptism. That means you go in, you're dead. You don't, you don't come out of the Red Sea unless you're dead. Correct? That's why we, when we accept Jesus, we get baptized because we are portraying that even that God is it's an object lesson for you and before all the world that I, what happened? When I went into the water, I say, I, say I died. Say I died. So did you die? Rajesh, did you die? No, you died. You died. You know, see, it's beautiful. Today I will, you will enjoy the virtues of dying. It's so good for, for you to die because your baggage that you came into the world could not get you into the land of Canaan. Even though you were perfect. So, so let's go to, so he said, you'll go by the way of the Philistines. The way of the Philistines does not involve going through the land Red Sea. How do you go to the way of the Philistines? You go, you go avoid. Have you seen the land of uh, Egypt versus Canaan? On the top sliver, there's a land that connects it. Middle is the Red Sea, but the top part is connected. So you can actually go through the top straight into the land of Canaan, shorter according to the Bible. But the Bible says very clearly, God didn't want them to go through that because they will encounter whom? The Philistines. And the Philistines, and they, they will see war. And when they see war, they will be afraid. So God says, I will take you to... No, no. God, see, they would not get killed. Because God is with them. You got it? See the concept. God is with them. God, They would not be killed. But he said, when the Philistines come to attack them, they will not be confident of who they are in Christ Jesus. And they will return. Think about it. So, God is telling them, I want them to go through the Red Sea that they will understand that who they are died. The judgment that the enemy has against you cannot... Like for example, if, uh, if, if, uh, if you kill somebody, God forbid that you never do that. <laughs> if you kill somebody and you are given a sentence of 25 years, the judge has been lenient and gives you 25 years. So after 25 years, you complete the sentence and you come out. Are you afraid of the cops? No. Because why? You? You finished your sentence. You went through the 25 years. So when God was taking them through the Red Sea, he's saying, you died. You actually paid the price for your sin. So when you see Jesus, you have to say that my sin, I have paid the price 
in Christ Jesus at the cross. I have gone through the Jordan. See, I have gone through the Jordan. I have gone through the Jordan. I have gone through the Jordan. Okay. So, so if you go through the Jordan, you come out righteous. Okay. Now let's go back to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Can somebody read that? 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 14 to 15. 2 Peter chapter 3, 14 to 15. Bobby, can you read that? Okay, keep reading. Okay. And therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, uh, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Okay. So this is what, this is what Second Peter concludes. Peter is concluding, he says, Therefore, beloved, look forward to these things. Be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. Look at this. Paul, Peter is saying, your guys are now without spot and blameless. Don't let anybody... Look at what the next verse. Beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness. Steadfastness means what? Steadfastness in your righteousness that Christ has purchased for you. Don't let anybody shake you from that. Like for example, when the Philistines come and they threaten you with judgment, you should say what? I am righteous. Why are you righteous? Because of Jesus? No, because you died. See, when Jesus died, he didn't die his death. You died, he died your death. Say, I died. I died, man. How can you take that punishment from me again? I died. So he says, now that you are dead, now you are alive. Now are you alive righteous or unrighteous? Correct? Now you are righteous forever. And whose righteousness are you having right now? Is it your righteousness or Christ's righteousness? The obedience of Christ. Correct? Now, let's go back to Romans chapter 3. So I'm going to skip a lot of verses because we'll hit the high points. Because otherwise we'll be here all evening. So Romans chapter 3. Verses. Verses. Verses 19 to 26. Can somebody read? 19 to 26. 
Jerry, can you read that? Romans chapter 3 verses 21 to 26. points. Now righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. That means when Jesus, there were two ways to get to God. Right? Same thing. There were two ways to be righteous. One is you be perfect in everything that you do. Which is what Cain was trying to do. He was trying to go to God saying that, hey I've been a good boy. I've brought all the right things. He didn't want to go through the way of Jordan. That means he didn't want to die. He didn't want death. Somebody's dead. He said, I've been a good boy. So God says, yes, that's fair. You can, you can come to God. You can receive this righteousness. Now, let me remind you. Let me ask you a simple question again. Why do you want to be righteous? Yeah? Why do you want to be righteous? Yeah, because to have a relationship with God. Because only as a righteous person can you have relationship with a righteous God. Correct? Huh? Because you want to receive the blessings of the righteous. Remember that? You want to be, so he wants the blessings of the righteous but doesn't want, so God says there is two ways. Either you come through the law and keep everything of the law. Make sense? So that's why the rich young man came to Jesus and asked, how can I receive eternal life? So, so he, he, the way he asked the question, what did he ask me? Do you remember what was the question that the rich man said? What must I do? The moment he said, what must I do? What is he relying on? On what he will do, correct? The moment he decides, I will do something, you fail. You know, I, I said this, this law is a very interesting concept. God gave the law for you to know that you cannot keep it. So it's like somebody giving, remember we talked about it? God gave, this is like a test that God, God, God gave man. He's like, he, there's a classroom and he gives everybody this test. It's got 100 questions in it, right? And he says, the time starts now. But, so everybody starts to write. And before they can even attend the first question, the teacher says, everybody fail. <laughs> because he says, even before you started the test, you fail. You cannot keep this test. So the whole purpose of giving this test is not that man could keep it. To prove to you, the teacher already knows that you cannot keep it. Because the law is very clear. It doesn't matter that you keep 50. There's no passing grade in this test. It is what, what is the grade in this test? 100%. Either you keep all, James talks about it. If you, if you 
stumble at one part of the law. In fact, Jesus on Matthew chapter 5 talks, he, you know, so, so here is very interesting. And, and you know, we've talked about it in the live team before, but since, just so good to remind you. You read Matthew chapter 5, a lot of people stumble on that chapter. Because that Matthew chapter 5 is not written for believers to become perfect like the Father. Matthew chapter 5 is written for God to show up man and say that you cannot keep. In fact, he says, be perfect as the Father in heaven is perfect. What is supposed to drive you is to exasperation to say that, Lord, who then can be saved? Remember, somebody said that. The disciples, when Jesus brought up, remember after that incident when this rich young man went away and he said, keep the law. So Jesus said, keep the law. And the, he said, which, which law? He said, he started naming some of the things. He said, I've kept all this. He was mistaken because he didn't understand the purity of the law. He, he, so God says, okay, no problem. Let me give you one more test. Sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Why? Is it there in the Ten Commandments? A law which says sell all that you have and give it to the poor. No. But it does say that in the number one, you shall have no other gods before me. And you should and the Bible the sum of the law is you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, strength, all your mind, and then you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So he's breaking like almost every law. He God God is not his first priority, he does not love his neighbor. Man. So suddenly God, Jesus is showing him up without rebuking him, saying that you cannot keep the law. So he says, so there is a way of righteousness that is from the law, which no one can keep. Or there is a righteousness apart from the law that is in Christ Jesus. And he says, so this is what Romans says. Now when God justifies you and gives you righteousness, God says he is just. Because Satan is very clear. And you know, Joseph Prince recently has been doing a series on the tactics of the enemy. Very powerful series. If you ever get a message, if you get a chance, you should download that message. It's two messages of the, uh, the, the tactics of the enemy against you. So Satan was very smart, right? So when he fell from him, before man was, man was on the earth, he was here on the earth. He was already banished to the earth. And he had destroyed the earth. The Bible says the earth was void and without form and all that. So Satan had already fallen from heaven, right? So he, he was an archangel that fell and he was exalted in pride. So he took, he had a way to get to God by usur, what is the word? Usurping the throne of God. Because God says righteousness and justice is the foundation of his throne. Okay? That means God has to be always righteous. Number one. Number two, God has to be always just. That means he cannot pardon the guilty. He cannot pardon the guilty. And he, can, he has to bless the righteous. He cannot bless the guilty. Or he cannot punish the righteous. You got it? Justice means God cannot punish the righteous. And cannot pardon the guilty. So how does he pardon the guilty and make them righteous? So God is just. The moment he does that, the moment he gives partiality, like J.R. decides to be partial to Jordan. Correct? Guess what happens? As a father, he can do it on the earth. 
and get away with it. But as God, guess what happens? His throne gets destroyed because the foundation of his throne is justice and righteousness. So Satan knew this. So when he saw that God had created this creature called man, he said, I know a way. I know God loves man. Now if I can get man to sin, I will now have to, this will force God to punish him. There is no greater pain than getting somebody else to make you punish your son or your daughter. When your heart is for him. So guess what happens? So he's in a tight spot right now. And that is what is reflected in a lot of the parables in the Bible. You know, these are all object lessons in the Bible. All this, everything is about Jesus. So I remember Daniel in the lion's den. They pass a law which the king thought was a good law. Then they use that law against somebody that the king loves and puts him in the lion's den. So now the law of the meat says he who does not follow this law, it goes into the lion's den. So even though he is rule, ruler and powerful, but he cannot violate that law, even though he's an earthly emperor. But he has to send Daniel into the lion's den, though he knows Daniel didn't do anything wrong, because his law says something. So he uses God's law against God's loved ones. But how do you extract? So that king did, did not have any way. How did Daniel escape that punishment? To a satisfaction to of both the king and of Daniel. How did that happen? You know? How did that problem get resolved in that situation? In Daniel's case? Or he was saved. So how did it, you see a problem? Do you see the problem of justice and righteousness in that story? Right? There is a law has been passed. So Daniel transgressed that law and then he has to be punished but the king loves Daniel doesn't want him to be punished but he is obligated because he is justice and righteousness is the foundation of his throne. But, but Daniel is going to get destroyed in the lion's den. How does he solve the problem? The king doesn't do anything. So did Daniel serve the punishment? Yes! See, that's how you solve the problem. How? You die. See, God, this is called Jesus and the cross. At the cross, God met his standards of righteousness, justice, and mercy. God was just in exacting the punishment. So, he can legally tell Satan. He doesn't have to tell Satan. He is bound by his own law of justice. So, he's so when he looks at Jia and he said, did Jia pay, pay the full punishment for his sin? Yes or no? He did. He'll say, but Satan says, how? He did. He died on that cross 2,000 years back. No, but I didn't see him. He did. When he believed Jesus' death was, because Jesus' death was not his death. Hold it. If Jesus had did one sin, then the death that he died on the cross was whose death? His death. So then Jair could not claim his death. Now since Jesus died his death and he put his faith in Jesus, he received that death. He died. So Daniel died in that 
in that lion's den and came out having served the sentence. Now tell me the story. Let me ask you a question. Is the king justified in restoring him his position? Did he break a law? No. Did he break a law? Yes. He did. Did he serve the punishment? Yes. yes. So can his place be restored right now? Yes. Because the punishment has been paid. See, now you know why it is important for you to identify yourself with the death of Jesus Christ on a daily basis. Because when Satan comes with those repeated punishments, see, death, sickness, disease, poverty, relationships, anger, everything is judgments against you for your sin. Isn't it? See, before that there was nothing of this. After sin came all these judgments. So when Satan comes with judgments against you, you what will you tell him? It's already been paid. So God is just in making me righteous. See, that is why that verse in Romans chapter 3 says, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just. Why? God is just in making me just. Hallelujah. Now is God's throne established? Did he violate his law of righteousness or justice? No. But is he righteous in making you righteous? In fact, now God has a, is obligated to bless you. Why? Because you are righteous. Because God, the same righteousness that was, a, no, not righteousness. The same justice that demanded punishment from the guilty now demands blessing and victory and Favor for the righteous. Isn't that good? Because now, how? See, we are, we are so quick to condemn ourselves when we did something wrong. Right? But God says, now because your punishment has been paid, you should be quick to appropriate the blessings of God. Because now your righteousness is also not your righteousness. See, your death was your death. But your righteousness is not your righteousness. Whose righteousness is this? Okay. One of the greatest words ever spoken on the earth. Okay. One of the greatest words ever spoken about righteousness on the earth is at the river Jordan, a young man of 30 years old goes into the Jordan River. And tries to get baptized by John the Baptist. Right? What did John the Baptist tell Jesus? Bobby? What did he tell him when he came to the river Jordan? Jesus wanted to be baptized by that he was not worthy enough to allow Right. So he said, why are you coming me to baptize by me? I need to be baptized by you. Because what is John telling about Jesus at this point of time? No, basically he's saying you don't need to die. See, baptism is death. You got it? Baptism is death. Jordan is death. So when he's saying, so why is everybody going through the Jordan? Because they are, death, they are, they are, they are opting for which way? The Jordan way. Is the Jordan way the right way? Yes. Why? Because 
the way of king is the wrong way because you can never be righteous. You have to die. So when people are getting baptized, they're saying, I will take the Jordan. I will take the Jordan because I will die. But as a picture of somebody else who will die for you. See, God's provision of death, death is good for the unrighteous because you die and pay the penalty for it. But it's not good if you're not resurrected. <laughs> but the good thing is, God gave, paid up the punishment and then, so at Jordan, Jesus comes and says, I want to be baptized. And John says, I need to be baptized by you. That means I am a sinner. I know that. You have done no sin. Because he, Jesus, 33 years, can you believe a testimony of a man that he lived a perfect life and a relative will tell, tell you about that. <laughs> All the things. A relative will never tell about a relative. I mean, friends may say, a guy is good. But a close relative? First cousin? Cousins have such good opinion of cousins? <laughs> but then the guy must have been totally perfect. Jesus was perfect before man and before God. So he says, I need to be baptized by you. He said, but Jesus makes a statement. Let it be so to fulfill all righteousness. Say all righteousness. Only one man was able to fulfill all righteousness. In human flesh. And that was Jesus of Nazareth. Only one man. That is why when the young rich young man. Came and told him. Good mass, Good teacher. What good thing must I do. To get eternal life. Look at the words. Good teacher. What good thing. Must I do. You got the point. He's opting for which way? The way of Cain or the way of Jordan? The way of Cain. So, he starts by saying, good teacher. He's trying to flatter Jesus. So, Jesus immediately responds and says, no one is good except God. Means what is he saying? That means only God is good. No one else is good. So when this young man of 30 years old at the Jordan says that I am fulfilling all righteousness, means what is he? Who is he? He is God. In human flesh. Because Jesus' own words, no man can be good except God. So Jesus when he says, I am fulfilling all righteousness, means he's saying what? I am God. I am Yahweh. So he is waiting for the response from the young man. Saying, no one is good. So he's saying, if you call me good, means what? Are you telling me that I am God? If the young man would have said, yes, good teacher, you are good and you are God. He's saved. <laughs> I mean, he's getting eternal life. See, he, see, always remember the the answer to your problem is at the door. <laughs> In the gospel of Jesus Christ, the answer is at the door. The key is always at the door. You don't have to go into the house to search for the key. In Christianity, the key where is the key? In the door. At the door. How do you open the door to life? 
open the key at the door. Psalm talks about it. I will lay the key at the door. He said, let anyone knock, let him open. He's at the door. In fact, this is so powerful. This will blow your mind. That's not a good... <laughs> this will bless your mind. Okay. This will bless your mind. Okay. This will bless your mind. What did God tell Cain when he brought a bloodless sacrifice? He said, what did he say? He said, you want to read that? Go, let's go to Genesis chapter 5. We have not started the message, by the way, right? And we are not going to finish the message. <laughs> we are still at the title. <laughs> but it is good. So we will we'll continue the series. Okay, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter uh, 3, right? Okay, Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. So, Genesis chapter 4, verse 4. Enable brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their flat, and God respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So, God, the Lord said to Cain, look at the word Lord, is Jesus. Yahweh, Jesus, said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will, it, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin offering. The word sin. See, in the Hebrew word, in the Hebrew, just remember this. In the Hebrew, sin and sin offering is the same word. Only in context of the verse would you can imply what is it supposed to represent. In this, the correct translation by Young's literal translation and a lot of the good commentaries is this is a sin offering. So he says, if you don't do right, if you sin, like if you're perfect, you'll be accepted. Say, if I'm perfect, I'll be accepted. But if I'm not perfect, there's a sin offering. That means, there are two ways to come to God. You either come be perfect or you come through a sin offering. The sin offering is Jesus Christ. Where is the sin offering? Stay at the door. He doesn't have to look for it. It's at the door. Just open the door. There's a sin offering. That means there was a ram that had come to the door of Cain's house. Who was that ram? The same ram appeared to Abraham when he wanted to mount. That same ram shows up. And finally that ram showed up on the Sea of, Gal on the sea of Galilee in, near the Jordan. Actually near the river Jordan. And when G and John said, behold the lamb. The ram. Remember you'll be looking for this ram throughout centuries. One after the other. That is the ram. There he showed up. That is a man. A perfect man. A perfect man. So, so, bringing me the whole point was, now you are righteous. So now you, you, you were punished in Jesus' death. But now you are being made righteous because of what? Whose righteousness? So because he was perfect, he lived a perfect life, you received the blessings of his righteousness as a gift. So when God, when you died at the cross in Jesus, you died. And then when God raised you up, God raised Jesus up, God raised you up righteous forever. Now in this righteous body, 
there is no sin. You'll say, but no, I sin. But God does not impute sin to you in this new life. So now you have to believe that you are righteous in Christ Jesus forever. Why should you believe that you are righteous? Why should you believe that you are righteous? Why should you believe that you are righteous? Why should you believe righteous? Does it matter that you are righteous? But why can't blessings come automatically on us now that we are righteous? Why do you have to believe it? Because the same way, because it is like the Philistines trying to threaten the Israelites when they are about to enter the promised land. Let me ask you a question. Are they armed? Philistines are armed. Even though we saw Goliath, his whole armor is there. He's a Philistine, correct? So are the Philistines armed? Do they have spears? Javelins? Shields? All kinds of stuff, right? Correct? Correct? So, they are armed. So, but can Israel occupy the land? Yes. Yes, why? They are righteous. They went through the Jordan right now, correct? Right? They have gone through the Jordan. So now they are at Jericho. There are all these enemies out there. So now the land belongs to them. They paid the price, correct? Because they went through the Jordan. Who went through the Jordan? The ark went through the Jordan. We don't have time today. But he says, go after the ark. Let the ark go first. So who is the ark? Jesus Christ. He is the ark. He went into the Jordan. Exactly. So he went into the ark first. He said, keep 2,000 cubits away from the ark and you enter the ark. Enter the Jordan. But you come and stand in the place where the ark stood and the Jordan will divide. When the ark stood in the Jordan, the waters divided. That means Jesus is the one who divided the Jordan for the rest of the people. Just like the Red Sea was divided, he said, stand still and hold your peace. That means don't walk, walk in this time. Got it? Okay. So they got it. So when the Philistines come and threaten you with their, with their weapons, if you have paid the price already, and you know that you are righteous, you are not afraid of them. But if you are afraid of them, what will happen? That means, so let me ask you a question. So are there still wells that you did not dig? Are there houses that you did not build? Are there, what else? Yeah, are there everything in the land? But are you receiving it? Has it been given to you? But why are you not receiving it? Because in your side, whose side? Come on, come on. In whose side? In their side or your side? In your side, you are unrighteous. So you are subject to judgment. Therefore, you are subject to death. So you cannot enjoy it. Look at it. So, so after entering the promised land, who is their enemy? Got it. You got it? Now you got it? In a believer's life, after entering the land, so are you in Canaan right now? Yeah, are you in Canaan? Sure, you are in Canaan. Because Canaan is Mount Zion. The whole last year, we talked about you are on this holy mountain that God has now brought for you. You're, this is righteous ground. This is resurrection ground. Your enemies cannot cross over into... 
See, enemies cannot cross over wall. Death. Enemies cannot cross over death. See, that's the master plan of God. Satan could pursue you as long as you are alive. But the moment you die, he doesn't go after dead people. You Guess what? We are living, we are seeing a lot of dead people here. <laughs> but you are alive in Christ. But therefore Jesus says, reckon yourself dead to sin. Means what? You have to consider that that kingdom does not apply because you are resurrected. Dead to sin doesn't mean you don't sin. No! Dead to sin means that laws don't apply to you anymore. You are righteous right now. You are in a new land. Like for example, J.R. goes to London. Right? Who's, which laws will you follow right now in London? British. When he comes to Texas, who's, which laws will you follow? Texas. So if you are in London and if you start like for example if you are in Texas and you start pledging your allegiance to the king of or the queen of England are you being a traitor are you being treacherous are you can you be put in bar sure you can right if your loyalty is to a different country because you so when God when Paul says reckon yourself dead to sin means he's saying don't Consider yourself as being part of the kingdom called sin. That body called sin. Reckon yourself as righteous right now in the body of Jesus Christ. You say, but I am not righteous. Hold it. Whose death did Jesus die? Your death. Whose righteousness are you now living? His righteousness. Did you receive this righteousness because of your works? So can you lose it because of your works? Ah, let me repeat again. If you receive this righteousness because you did not receive the righteousness because of what you did, can you lose it because of what you did? No. Hold it. <laughs> Do you see the implication of it? If you receive this righteousness not because of what you did, can you lose it because of what you did? No. Let me So Joseph gives a beautiful example and I love this example because he said, when you were a sinner, if you did, if you gave some things to the poor, did you, did you become righteous? Like remember the days when you were a sinner before you accepted Jesus. Did you do something good? Sure. Sure. So did that make you righteous? No. Are you sure? No. You know, you're sure. I mean, you did something good thing, right? So now that you're righteous, oh, hallelujah. When you do something sinful, do you become unrighteous? Why? If you say you become unrighteous, so are you telling that what the first man Adam did is more powerful than what the second Adam did, Jesus? No. How much more? It's Romans chapter 5. Much more. Much more. If the first man did was powerful, the second man what did is more powerful. Correct? You are not only more righteous, you, are, you should now be receiving the blessings of obedience of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That is why Jesus says, in the ages to come, you will exceed the exceeding riches of his glory. And I want to close with this because we don't have time to look at it even further. But I will close with these three things. The three crossings. Say the three crossings. Three crossings. I'm going to just summarize for you because we don't have time. The three crossings. 
So the, these three crossings are typically how important it is. So remember the promise that God gave us this year is He will give grace and glory. But for before glory comes, grace comes. What is grace? Grace is your sins have been forgiven, you are righteous in Christ Jesus. Once you believe that, you will receive the glory. What is glory? Glory is all the wealth of the Gentiles. All the you Remember all the favor that you wanted, right? So there are three crossings that Israel had to go through. Correct? The first crossing was the night of the Passover. In the night of the Passover, what did, what, what did Israel cross over? He crossed from death to life. Remember when... Who, who was going to kill them that night of the Passover? The angel of death. That means God's punishment for their sins. That was the angel of death. Was that angel of death from Satan? No. It was the angel of God. He was executing the righteousness and the justice of God. Every guilty will be punished. So God wanted to punish the Egyptians. Right? But God... Satan was cool with it. Why? You know why Pharaoh was so cool when Moses goes up to Pharaoh and says, tomorrow, every firstborn of Egypt will die. And Pharaoh says, no problem. Why? He knows if God kills the firstborn of Egypt for their sin, God is obligated to kill the firstborn of every Israeli family for sin. For God is not partial. He is just. So Satan knows exactly. He got her. He said, cool. Go ahead. Kill them all. That is why Pharaoh said, no problem. And Moses was like, he's like blown. His mind, he doesn't make sense for him. The Bible says Moses went out of the presence of Pharaoh with great anger because Moses thought for sure he will let Israel go. Why? Because he is not talking to Pharaoh. He is talking to whom? He's talking to Satan himself. And Satan is now thinking, this is my chance. If he kills all of Egypt, that is my kingdom, he has to kill all of Israel. Correct? And so Satan is confident that he got him. He got him this time. Got him this time. He said, kill them all. No problem. I will not let Israel go. Because you will have to kill all of Israelites. So did, so Bobby, did Jair, sorry, this, did, not Jair kill <laughs> Did God, did the angel of death kill the firstborn of every Israeli family? Yes or no? That night. Yes! How? The firstborn of every Israeli family, that Israeli family declared by putting the blood, saying that Jesus is my firstborn. Kill him! Jesus is my firstborn. Kill him! Oh, hallelujah! Do you see the Holy Spirit talking to you right now? Jesus is my firstborn. Kill him! Therefore, this is why you have to believe in the name of Jesus! Because you are declaring Jesus as the firstborn in your family. So that plan of God was, did not come into Satan's mind. It didn't occur to him. This is why 1 Corinthians says, Christ, 
the wisdom and the power of God. Why the wisdom of God? What a plan! So God said, this, this, is like a, this is like a game going on. This is like a chess match. It's like a mutual exchange. You see in chess matches, you make this mutual exchange. You kill mine and I kill you. So you're like, okay, you want to kill my minister? Uh, my minister? Call him minister, right? That's the most powerful guy. Right? Minister. He said, you want to kill my minister? Kill my minister. I'll kill your minister also. So Satan said, seriously? He's going to Allah? All of his... First point of Israel to die? I don't believe it. Why? Why doesn't he not believe it? Because he knows God is? No, 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 no. Satan knows God is loving and kind. You know why Jonah was so angry with God? Jonah said, I will tell Ninevites that you will die and you will be so loving and kind when they repent and you will forgive them and my reputation will go off. I'll be called a false prophet because what I promised the judgment did not come to pass. It's a picture of Satan. Satan knows God is loving and kind and because God is loving and kind God will not kill the firstborn of Israel and God will kill the firstborn of Egypt the moment he does that, he will violate the foundation of justice and his throne will be destroyed and I will be exalted up. The master plan. That's what he's thinking. So God is doing what here? He said, I will not violate my principle of justice. But I will be kind. How, how can you be kind and not violate the principle of justice? Oh, the wisdom and the power of God. The first crossing was the crossing of blood. The moment they put... So guess what happened that night? So Bobby, you, you said absolutely right. Did the firstborn of Israel die that night? Whoever did not declare that night, the firstborn was the, the lamb. Who, did their family die? See, it was so simple. So tell me, is Israel more righteous than Egyptians? Before they applied the blood. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> They're like, ah, this is a trick question. Before they applied the blood, were they more righteous? But after they applied the blood, were they righteous? Why? Whose righteousness did they have? Jesus' righteousness. So, so hold on, hold on. This is good. This is good. I don't want you to get... Catch this, catch this. The moment they became righteous, so did they escape the penalty of sin that night? Say yes. 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 Amen? That lamb was sufficient for the whole household. In fact, they said, if the lamb is not sufficient, call your neighbor and let him also have it. That means, Jesus' sacrifice is more than sufficient for the whole world. For God so loved the world. So if somebody doesn't use up the lamb, it is their problem. The lamb is sufficient. There has never been a problem that the lamb is not sufficient. This is a picture of Jesus. So the moment, so did they, did they escape the punishment of, uh, for their sin that night? Yes. Death. So did they die? Yes. 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 I like that. Those guys are like smart right now. Because they died. Because did they die? 
they died because their lamb died, but God put their death as the lamb's death. Correct? Wow, beautiful. Then God did something beautiful. God declared them righteous. Correct? Because this lamb was a sinful lamb or a righteous lamb? A blemishless lamb. A spotless lamb. So the righteousness of the lamb was given to the people at the household that applied the lamb. So they are all righteous. So the moment they became righteous, what should happen to them now? One sec. What should happen to them? Glory should follow. Correct? He gives grace and glory. So they should now suddenly be blessed. So that night where they where they, where they blessed. How? Jaya, how did they get blessed that night? They got freedom. But that is from the penalty of sin. Okay? They were blessed. Yeah, they got free as slaves. That was a blessing. They were no longer slaves that evening. Okay? So they came out free. Good point. Then, what are the other blessings? They got all the gold, the silver, and the clothing of the Egyptians. How did they get it? Good. Beautiful. So in this new covenant, how do you receive? Really? This is true. This is true. In this new covenant, how do you receive gold, silver, and clothing? Come on, let me repeat after me. Oh, this is very powerful. See, if you are if you are, if you are pride right now to ask for it, that means you are depending on whose righteousness? Who if you are you shameless in asking right now? Yes. Why? Because there is no shame in asking, because it is not my righteousness. Right? Right? Make sense? So, is asking become easier after you know that your sins have been paid for? Yes. Does prayer become easier now that you are in the new covenant because your sins are forgiven? Yes. So, what, how, what is prayer? Is asking. Asking. So now, how do you receive wealth and prosperity and riches and favor right now? Ask! You shall receive because that was only possible after the price had been paid. It's not available. So you say, so, you, so every, every, every religion prays, but they are praying in what way? They are praying beautiful. And she gets all the points for it. Because they are going by prayer, they are asking for blessings by not going through the Jordan. You cannot get it. Did the Pharaoh let Israel go despite nine pleadings from Moses? What caused Pharaoh to let them go? Death. Say death. death. Only through Jordan can you receive the land of Canaan. You have to get this in your system. You have died, brothers and sisters. The righteousness that Christ has received for you is a death righteousness received after death in a new resurrected spirit. So now you receive by asking. So now you ask, you come boldly before God's throne and say, ask. So when you ask your boss for a promotion, ask. Because God is the one who gives it to you. But you ask. You ask what you want. Because Bible says, don't be shameful, don't be bashful. Bashful is shame is always a result of pride. Somebody said that softly. 
When you are proud, you are bashful. When you know that you have nothing to do with this blessing, it's because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, you will ask and you will receive. That I may be glorified. Isn't that Jesus' word? Why? That means you will not get the credit for what you receive in your life. Yeah, this is prophecy. God said this year, you will receive great favor and great increase, not because of how, what great track record you had, but because you have chosen to believe in my finished work and you ask freely and you are not claiming it based on your works like Cain, but you are claiming it based on the blood that you have applied to your house. So these, these are the days where you, those things that you promised and you thought that you rightfully deserve for all your years of work should come to me. God says stop and start asking because of what I have done for you. Amen? So that I will get the glory, not you. Hallelujah. So that is a prophecy that's applied to all of us. Do you want to deserve? No. You want to receive. I would rather be a receiver than a deserver. <laughs> Remember, don't be a deserver of things. Be a receiver of things. The receiver of things, you know, the greatest wealth in the world is being received by? Who said that? Inheritance. How is inheritance received? Is it deserved or is it received? How is it received? Because of birth? Or because of work? How will you receive your inheritance? By birth or by work? Which birth? The second birth. Hallelujah. Therefore you are co-heirs in Christ Jesus. Co-heirs of what Christ has inherited, has inheritance, you receive it by asking. Amen? Is that powerful? Man, we are talking about real deep truths. I hope it's kind of breaking down into very simple truths, right? You don't, if you don't, if you did not get it because you worked for it, you cannot lose it because what you did. Very important. You cannot lose this righteousness because of what you did, because you did not earn it in the first place because of what you did. Cool? Okay. So the first crossing was crossing over the judgment of God. Was it a judgment of Satan? The angel of death? No. It is a penalty of sin. Isn't it? Because God has to be just. So God's justice is met at the first crossing of the blood. The crossing of the blood. Okay? Got it? So, before God, after the Passover lamb, are they justified? Yes. God looks at them. So, this is what God, the Holy Spirit has been telling me the last couple of days. So, every time I feel accused about something. You know. So, this is how Satan comes right now, right? The Philistines and their armors. Because you have gone through the Jordan, but you still come with... Poking. Poking needles, you know? Trying to think that judgment is still valid. So God says, remind yourself. Oh, this brings me in a case. In the Song of Solomon says, you, the beloved says to the, uh, the groom, the beloved says to the groom, you are like a bundle of myrrh between my breasts. <laughs> this sounds very romantic. But, <laughs> but it's saying that, in, in, during night time you are the most anxious isn't it? have you seen that? when you are sleeping you are so anxious about stuff mm -hmm. remind yourself you are like a bundle of myrrh between my breasts means what? this is the bride bride talking to the bridegroom Jesus is myrrh myrrh is death 
Remember the wise men brought myrrh as one of the gifts? Myrrh was used to embalm the bodies. Myrrh, myrrh is always a picture of death. He says, when Satan comes with thoughts to trouble you at night, remind yourself of the death of Jesus Christ. Let Jesus be a bundle of myrrh between your breasts when you sleep. That means when Satan comes to accuse you, you should say what? Jesus died. Jesus died. Jesus died. Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price. So those anxious thoughts will go away. This is one of my quietness the Lord told me. Let him be a bundle of mud between your breasts when you sleep. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a picture of Jesus. So, so Satan will still come with all this pokey stuff, but you now are confident that now, now God's your your account with God is clear at the first crossing. Yes or no? Yes. Say yes. yes. It's huge yes because if that is the foundation for everything else. But now you have so 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 they cross the the they cross the blood on the night of the Passover. They are free. Did the Egyptian armies still pursue them? Yes. yes. Now who are their enemies? Visible or not visible? Visible. visible. The first first was an invisible God. Say an invisible God. Invisible. Correct. Second is a visible world. Say a visible world. Invisible. With all their problems and all the struggles. So it's visible. You can see the Egyptians coming after you. Correct? Are you saved at this point of time? Say yes. 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 But can you see these guys coming after you? Right? Are you subject to their death? No. No. Why? Thank you. <laughs> you guys are getting better at it. Because you die. You cannot kill a dead guy again. How do you kill a dead guy? You can't kill a dead guy. Is there a difference between somebody who is dead 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 1 hour, 2 hour? Jerry, you explain. I'm not sure if you don't explain. I hope you don't kill. Nobody is dead on your practice. No, I'll take you back. I'll take that back. <laughs> Is there a difference between somebody who just died, two days died, one day died? Dead, dead is dead. What difference it makes? So you're like, dead is dead, man. Dead is dead. Oh, you know, this guy is just dead, huh? By the way, just treat him well. He's just dead. No, once you're dead, you're dead. I don't care. You know the way they handle bodies, push him and pull them. Like, so they are. Dead is dead. It has no effect on you. Pharaohs come, people come, stuff comes. Who cares? I'm dead, man. I've already paid the price. Are you going to kill me again? You know, there are stories and movies about, you know, somebody who, who was wrongfully sentenced for death and then he, 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 he went through the whole sentence and came out. So now he has been punished for a wrongful death of a person who did not die. He tricked them by changing his identity and convicted him saying that he killed him, right? So he was put into prison for 25 years. He comes out after 25 years. Now, does he have the legitimate right to go and kill that guy? <laughs> Think about it. This guy has paid the price for killing him. But that enemy is still alive. Now can you kill him? Legally? No, yes you can. You just paid the can the court say, we made a mistake, you 
we should not have killed you. No! You, you suffered for his death. Mm -hmm. So now you can legitimately kill him. Double jeopardy, that's the thing. Yeah. You can kill him. So now Satan is afraid of you. <laughs> because you died. You are, <laughs> you are the ghost that appears. <laughs> so he's afraid of you. Can you imagine you are on resurrection territory, but you are in his world. There is no greater fear for Satan and his kingdoms than a resurrected righteous man who has paid the price. Now you can go after him. You can say that he is afraid of you, not you are afraid of him. <laughs> so if he tries to bring judgments against you, you turn against him. You have authority over him because you, you died. You've already taken those judgments on the cross in Christ Jesus. Make sense? So he says that, that blood, that settlement was done at the cross. Correct? Okay. So now, but visible enemies are still after you. So Pharaoh, so what did God do? How does he solve the problem of visible enemies? So when uh, the Pharaoh's armies are following him, how did God solve the problem? God brings them to the, of all the places to make them escape. He brings them to the Red Sea. <laughs> Why? Because he's saying the way to your visible problems is also through death. By reminding yourself that go through death. So the Bible says, this is what he says, I don't have time to proceed. The enemies, the Egyptians that you see today, you shall see them no more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the visible enemies in this world, you do not see. But you say, well, Anil, I can see it. I don't care. You are this side of the Red Sea right now. They have no authority over you. You are on resurrected ground. You are on this side of the Red Sea. On this side of the Red Sea, there is no Egyptians. But you say, but I hear their voices. I don't care. Who will you believe? Do you believe God who says you will not see the Egyptians anymore? But I have a maid servant who's an Egyptian. <laughs> That's your problem. <laughs> don't carry Egyptians into Canaan land. But you will not see. I mean, they have no authority over you. Because God says, for your visible, how do you... So, so God, to convince you of your righteousness, is again reminding you through the Red Sea. Again, taking you back through death. Over your visible enemies. Hallelujah. So does it, can your visible enemies cross over the Red Sea? Can they cross over death? So can they right now cross over? So what's your visible enemies? Your relationships. Your physical story. Your provision issues. So on that side of the Red Sea, guess what God showed to them? The first thing God showed them was, I am a God that healeth you. Healing appears. So the more you are aware of your righteousness because of the death of Jesus Christ, the more revelation of the things of God starts becoming clearer to you. Across the, so when on the night of the Passover, the revelation they got was, they are, they are free. So everyone after they believe Jesus, they believe that they are free from hell. Correct? But they don't believe in healing. So God says, go back to the Red Sea. Go and remind yourself of death. 
that Jesus paid and come out on the other side and God says now do you believe that I can heal you because healing is enemies Egyptian Egyptian diseases will not carry over across the Red Sea sickness is in Egyptian problem you cannot be you should not be suffering an Egyptian syndrome so when you have a headache, it's an Egyptian problem. When you have disease, it's an Egyptian problem. When you have lack, it's an Egyptian problem. When you have a slave mentality and captivity, it's an Egyptian problem. When you have fear, it's an Egyptian problem. None of the Egyptians will you see on the other side. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? You have to believe it. That's how you receive it. It has nothing to do with Yourself, you have to believe the work that was done for you on the other side. See, so stand still and hold your peace. You don't have to do it. I will divide the Red Sea. I will get the glory. You just walk in, get out on the other side. There is no Egyptian. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? So, so now the revelation of your visible enemies is also in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, so now they come on the other side of the Red Sea. Are they in the land of Canaan? No. So God brings them exactly one year later. So they celebrate Passover one day. Then God brings them to the Mount Sinai. At Mount Sinai they say that we will do what it takes to get to Canaan. What are they depending on? The way of Canaan. See they are coming back to the way of Canaan. The moment they said we will do so this is what God said. God said, I have a deal with you. Okay? This is exactly what God said. Just, you should read it. Go back and read Exodus chapter. Read it. He said, God said, this is what he said. I have a deal with you. You see how I brought you out of Egypt? Right? Nothing to do with you, right? Everything to do with the land. How I bore your eagle's wings and carried you? I will do the same for you going forward. Deal? No deal. What did they say? No deal. We will do what you say. They wanted to do something about it. God said, that means you don't believe that this way will start. It's impossible to get to God, to get to Cain by your works. So God said, I'll give you the law to show you how impossible it is. But I will give you a sacrifice because constantly remind you, there's a way of death. There's a way of death. You have an option. Follow the law. If you cannot keep the law, go by the way of Jordan. Go by that. See, suddenly your daughter's name becomes so beautiful, right? I, mean, I think we have never talked about Jordan so much in one evening. You know? It's a beautiful name because it's a picture of the cross of Jesus Christ. The finished work. He says, I will give you a sacrifice. You can always bring a lamb. Always bring a lamb. Always bring a lamb. But they said, no. We will, we will keep the law. So when they broke the law, they refused to bring a lamb. They went after Baal. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? You cannot keep the law. But why are you doing up the Baal? Because they wanted pride. Because Baal says, work, hit yourself, punish yourself, I'll accept your sacrifice. Which religion is that? The way of Cain. All religions talks about pilgrimage, of suffering, of fasting, of beating yourself. And Paul talks about it. I mean, Every philosophy, every way that tells to torture yourself, bring, punish yourself, like Romans chapter 10 says, do not say in your heart, I will go up into the heaven. Not say in your heart that I will go down and pay the price. Both are proudful. 
But say, what do you say? The word of righteousness which is in your mouth. Oh my goodness. This is so good and Christianity is mad. See, because Christianity is also a way of king, isn't it? For much of the Christianity which is a religion is a way of king. Because it's the same philosophy. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is the way of Jordan. He's deceived. He doesn't care. Call it Christianity. As long as you follow the way of Cain, I can make sure that you'll never get to Canaan. Cain life. So, so now they go through, they bring, God brings them right to the entrance of the land of Canaan. And God says, go in. So, did they go in? One year down the line? Yes or no? No, no, sir, they didn't go in. After they got the law, one year, they, this is what they said. I, I don't have time. This is what they said. The land is good. The houses are great. The people are... The f- fruit is good. But the giants are playing. And in our eyes and in their eyes. We are grasshoppers. So who is their enemy right now? Visible enemy or invisible enemy? I don't know about it, visible or invisible. But who is their enemy? Themselves. What what about themselves is their enemy? Now this is huge. I want you, if you don't hear anything this evening, right? Because you have still not got to glory, right? Where is glory? In the land of Canaan. Did you receive healing? Yes. Did you receive your provision? Daily manna? Yes. But did you receive the wealth of the Gentiles? No. Did you receive the wealth that others dug? You did not... Big. No. Did you receive the houses that others did you receive great favor that means exceedingly multiplied? Did you receive that? No. Do you get that point? So, but for every way to receive every point, you had to receive what? How did you receive your freedom? By believing that you're righteous because of Jesus at the blood. Then how did you receive a healing? And your provision? You believe that you're righteous because of Jesus in the Red Sea. Now you are about to enter the land of Canaan. What are God's? What do they say? So what? What? What about them? Stop them from going into Canaan land? Fear. Huh? Fear. Fear of what? They said that they were not worthy enough, or they they did not trust. They did not trust God, and they looked at themselves. Correct. That means self occupation was their biggest hindrance, isn't it? From entering the land of Canaan. Correct? So how do you get to land of Canaan? By focusing on yourself or focusing on Jesus? Jesus. Correct. So you have to go back to what? The crossing. So God says, okay, no problem. Take another 39 years, 38 years. Enjoy the wilderness. And God took care of them in the wilderness. But did they enjoy the life of Canaan? No. Until all the men of war died. Why? Because God is saying, by your flesh. What is Flesh. In the Bible, flesh means your efforts, your resolutions, your 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 works, your strength, until all that is fully dissipated, until a new generation that has risen up that does not know works, I will let them come into the land. So he makes them go through another crossing. Which crossing was this? river Jordan. He makes them go through the river Jordan. Interesting. See, the first time when they came to the city and the land of Canaan, they didn't make them cross the river Jordan. Because he's trying to say, 
can we get in without going through Jordan? And they couldn't. You see, remind yourself of the righteousness because of the price that was paid. Hallelujah. The moment they crossed the Jordan, God said, let the ark go first and then you can follow. So, so this is what the Lord is saying. He's saying, there are three crossings in your walk with Christ, in your walk in your righteousness. Everything, what is the common for all this crossing? And today morning, the Lord is telling me, Anil, look at the word crossing. What's in the crossing? The cross. <laughs> this is so beautiful. It's just in the morning, you see. And I, had, I, I was having my shower, and God said, What is in the crossing? The cross. The, cross. the death of Jesus Christ. You received your prosperity and your glory by reminding that you're righteous because of the death of Jesus Christ. And He has paid the price, and you're on the other side. As long as you still believe that you still have some price to pay in your life, you will condemn yourself and never enjoy the full manifestation of what God has for you here. You will receive it after you die because then it has nothing to do with you. But here, here, in this world, God will keep you from all evil by, this is John chapter 17, go back and read tonight. Say, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. May sanctify them, separate them from the evil in this world by truth, your word. That means, do you believe this word of righteousness and Jesus says you are righteous? Do you believe it? If you believe it, God says, it will keep you from suffering the effects that the world suffers. Make sense? That means when the Philistines come and tell you, no, no, you cannot take this house. But you believe that you're righteous because of what Jesus did and you went through the Jordan? You can now walk in because you trust somebody else's work, not your work. And that's a beautiful verse in, the, in Psalms. He says, give to the king your judgments and to the king's son your righteousness. <laughs> that is so cool. And I've used that many times. When Satan comes against you for the judgments, you should say, give to the king the judgments. And to the king's son, your righteousness. Who is the king's son? No, you. Who is the king? Jesus. Jesus said he died as the king of Israel, remember? And Christmas life team, that's what we talked about. He is the king of righteousness. He died as a king. So God is telling, this is how the psalmist is saying, give to the king your judgments. So every time you feel sick, you should say, give it to the king your judgments. Give it to the king your judgments. And give it to the king's son, your righteousness. That is good. That is not pride. That is believing in the finished work of Jesus Christ. So, I'll close with the video. Okay? This video is very fine. But it portrays the picture very perfectly. The first thing is, does what do, does, sorry, trying to get the right English word. Yeah, it's not tongue twister thing. Okay, so I'm going to say the sentence in the grammatical sense. Does what does what you believe affect how you live here? Yes. Though it has been paid for, does it matter? What you believe can affect how you live. Amen? In your walk as a believer, what you believe, though it has been paid for, it's perfect. The righteousness is given. It's granted. There is no problem with the righteousness. 
God says you are completely blameless. That's how we started off with this first Peter. Be diligent to be found in him. Blameless. So Abraham, when God, see Abraham went through these three crossings in his life. When God first appeared to him in old, he said, I am the Lord. And in your father's house. So he was free there. But he still did not feel that he was perfectly righteous. God appeared to him again. And then God said, I am your exceedingly great sheep. That's the time he had victory over all the enemies. And he had great wealth. So he received a new revelation of that righteousness. Then finally, but yet he did not have a child. You got it? Then God shows up and says this beautiful word. He says, walk before me and be blameless. I'll change your name. Exactly what First Peter is saying. The moment you start believing that don't look at yourself and start looking at Jesus as my sheep. Lord, oh God, you are a sheep. Remember we just read in Psalms, you are a strength and son and sheep and no good thing will leave at all from those who walk righteously. Grace and glory, he is our sheep. That means God says, look at my sheep, don't look at me. So every time you mess up, and you don't deserve something, you should say to God the Father, look at your shield. Who is your shield? Jesus, he is your shield. So he says, look at, so God shows up to Abraham and says, I am your, walk before me and be blameless. You know, for years and years and years, how is that being preached? Walk before me and be blameless. Huh? You walk. No, that's not what he's saying. You walk before me and be blameless. Be blameless means if God says, Jen, be healed. What, what, is that, what do you have to do? No, this is done. Right. Like if God says, light be. What does light have to do? Light is. You know, when God says, be blameless, is it a command or is it a gift? When God says to Abraham, stop looking at you, you're a liar. Because you keep lying to all these Abimelechs and everybody saying that my wife is a sister, my wife is a sister. You're a liar, right? But I don't call you liar. I see you righteous. So walk before me and say, so we stop Jesus. He says, look at me. I'm righteous, correct? Because I'm righteous, you consider yourself blameless. Blameless. Nobody can... He doesn't say perfect. He says blameless. But in Christ Jesus, after his death, we are perfect. We are blameless. Walk before me and be blameless. The moment Abraham got that revelation of blamelessness, guess what happened? In one year, he had his child. The, re- the word of righteousness is the word. Now, I'll close with this. The word of righteousness is the word only that can make you exceedingly fruitful. Everything else will take you to a point of revelation. But the word of righteousness, that's the word the Bible says exceedingly. You know the way the Hebrew talks about exceedingly? This is how you say Very, 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 very. I don't know if it's an Indian accent coming to all of me. But it's like very, very, very fruitful. They just repeat the word two times. That is only possible when you have a revelation that you are blameless. Why? Why did he not produce? Even though he was blessed, he was rich, he had favor, he could overthrow kings, but he was never fruitful. Why? Because he still considered himself not fully righteous.
the moment God showed up on the third crossing, correct? See the third crossing? We talk about the third crossing. Go back to the go back to a crossing. What crossing? Go back to the Jordan and remind yourself that on this side of the Jordan you are blameless. The moment you receive, man, can you believe this revelation that we are talking about here in 1401 Van Winkle Drive, Carrollton, Texas, can make you a billionaire because it has nothing to do with you? Can nothing to do with you? It can receive because is God, Jesus a billionaire? More than he owns the whole world and the universe. And he says, You are a co-heir with him. What do you want? Do you believe what he gives? Ask him what he shall receive. And in 2018, is it a good thing for you to be blessed? The Bible says, No good thing will he withhold. For those who walk according to the way of joy. Now you got it. Not uprightly. So what is uprightly? Walk in the way of joy. Cross again. Go ahead and cross. But it's already cross again. When I say cross again, means not die again. Means remind yourself. That's why you take communion. You proclaim the Lord's crossing. <laughs> That's beautiful. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Why? Every time you proclaim communion, you're declaring that Jesus died. I receive it free. Jesus died. I receive it free. Jesus said, for everything, for the invisible, the crossing, for the visible, the crossing, and for yourself, the crossing, every condemnation, the crossing, for everything, it's the cross, hallelujah, hallelujah, so what you believe affects your life, and I'm going to close with this video, right, if you don't have a firm understanding of this foundation of your righteousness, you will suffer through life. You don't have to. But if you don't believe this word of righteousness, you have to believe that what I am walking on, judgments don't touch me. So, listen, if you're walking on something, and if you're afraid of something, and if you're afraid of something, and you're afraid of enemies, will your walk be affected? Sure. You'll be walking like this, like this, right? So, all your life will be walking like this, with the fear of Satan. But, or you can walk coolly. So, you have a choice. What you believe matters. The truth is, you are not subject to Satan. You are not subject to the enemy. But, what you believe affects what you experience. But, did you have you received righteousness? Sure, you have received righteousness. It's been given to you. Yeah, but you may not have received it. You may not enjoy it. You may not enjoy it. But, what, because of why? Because of exactly what the the Israelites did not enter Canaan for the first time. Why? Because they believed. In fact, this is what they said. God has brought us to kill us here. Da. He brings you all through Egypt, all through the Red Sea, to kill you in the wilderness. He doesn't think of any better methods to kill you. So, jo so jo Joshua tells them, the spies, he says, God delights in us. See, he believes that God delights in us. So what you believe about yourself right now affects your life right now. Do you believe that God delights in you? Do you believe that all righteousness has been fulfilled in you? Who fulfilled that righteousness? A 30-year-old young Nazarene fulfilled that righteousness for you. 
That's why he said fulfilled. Is there any part of the righteousness that is pending? So, this is a bridge that China has made. It's a glass bridge. It's a glass bridge that has been built. It's one of the only kinds in the world. It's built over 500 feet above a big valley. It's a glass bridge and it's a long bridge. And people can walk from a center to the, across the valley, right? This glass bridge has been tested. They have taken cars over this bridge and they have tried to break it with a sledgehammer. You cannot break it. It's perfect. The glass bridge is very strong. There's no problem about it, right? Who is saying this? The government. It's true. The glass bridge has been tested. There's no problem with it. So that is what? The righteousness of Jesus Christ to you as a gift. Correct? Now, can you walk on this? Yes. You cannot see it. But it is true. It is there. So when Jesus after resurrection shows up on the door, the doors are closed. Why? The disciples are afraid. But Jesus paid the price. But they are afraid. So what they believe, does it affect how they live? Sure. sure. So Jesus shows up and says the first thing, the first crossing. He says, peace. Correct? So they become a little cheerful. Then again, he says, peace. Again, they become a little cheerful. Thomas is not there. Second meeting. Thomas appears on the third time. Jesus again appears. Again in a door with doors closed. That means what? What's, what's not changed? Their believing has not changed. So Jesus is telling them, price has been paid. Look at my hands and my feet. He's not telling, look at my hands and my feet so that you don't recognize me. No! He's telling them what? Means, look at the Jordan. This is the death. Look at the Jordan. So three times he reminds them of Jordan. He says, this is not my death. This is your death. And then he shows them his sight. Sight has nothing to do with death. When, when was his sight pierced? After the price was paid or before the price was paid? So that is a picture of what? Blood and water coming out of Jesus is a picture of? Birth. Only when birth, when a baby is born, blood and water comes out. It's a picture of birth. So he says, I not only paid the price, you are also now born of God. So your penalty is being paid, but now you are also righteous. See, very important for you to know that you are coming out of the side of God. Your birth. So how was Eve created? Out of his side? Correct. Just like we are being birthed out of the side of the father. Do you know that you came out of the side of God? I know many of them are just getting a revelation. That you really came out of the side of God. You know that marriage was just a picture of what God was actually planning to do. So that was not the end. What he, the church was the end. So you were born out of God. So you're, you are now God. Let me ask you something. When God created Eve, was Eve and Adam equal? Yes. Hold it. Is Eve and Adam equal? Do you have any doubts about it? All the Eves are very silent. You know? <laughs> Do you believe it? That Adam and Eve is equal. What about Prasad? What do you think? Eve is equal or not? Yes. He's looking at me, not at Jyotsna. Is <laughs> <laughs> equal. That God created them equal. Why? Because he's seeing a picture of a future event when God will create man out of a new birth out of God and make him equal and receive all co-heirs of everything. See, that's a picture of this. But now, so look at now. What happened? 
Okay, now see how people walk on this. What's that? Back to the Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> only only Jia can say all that. Okay. Now see how people walk on it despite the truth. Correct? How tall is that thing? More than 400 feet. Look at this. It's a big valley. Okay, here we go. Look at this guy, lady. I would be like that. Look at these Christians. Right? These are all Christians, okay? Come this side, come this side, come this side. Look at this. Look at how you this is how you walk on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Look at this. Look at this. Is the, is the bridge tested? Sure. But does it affect the way you live? Look at this. No, I cannot walk. I cannot walk on this bridge. No, no, no. no. It's fully grown man, right? Grown man. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. So, so the point, there was another picture of a small child dragging a grown-up man. <laughs> because the child has no fear. It's like, what's, why are you crying? In fact, do you want to see some videos? Well, you can watch it. You can just Google Glass Bridge China. Look at the comp. They built it about uh, 2014 or 15, recently. But what they believe affects how they live. Every time I go through many times tough time, God must remember the glass bridge, Anna. Remember the glass, glass bridge. bridge yeah. You don't have to worry. It has been tested and I want you to show it. Okay. So point eight, right? I, 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 I liked it because I want you to kind of get a feel of it and kind of sit in your head. Sit, sit in your head. And I uh, also wanted to show you one. Where at the end of the bridge, they have the small effect as if it looks like the glass is breaking. Right? So this is how when the world shattered, when, when the reports, evil reports in your life, correct? It appears as if things are messed up. And you should see the effect. People who see the glass effect, nothing changed. It's just glass. But they immediately fall. This is what Jesus said. I say these things to you that you shall not stumble. That's the glass key string. And then there's a, there are pictures of how they test it. It's all there. So when Jesus says, and I'll close with it, Jesus said, these things I say to you in this world, that you will not be made to stumble. He's saying, I'm telling you, you're righteous. Satan cannot touch you. You're perfect. You're blameless. But what you believe about yourself can cause you to live. I, he God, see, God cannot do anything about it. You got it? Right? He has provided the glass bridge. It's perfect. See, you are eligible to get onto that bridge because you believe in the name of Jesus. You're born again. Only those people are on the bridge. Only the ones who are saved are on the bridge. But look at the effect. There are small children just walking around and enjoying life. And see, if what you believe about the righteousness of Jesus Christ can bear fruit. You think many of these people are bearing fruit. They cannot bear fruit. But you can bear much fruit. And that is why the word of righteousness is what bears 30, 60, and 100 fold. You believe it to a 30% extent, 
you receive a healing, your victory provision. You believe it to a 60%, you believe the rest thing. You believe 100%, you get that exceedingly abundantly life that God wants you to do. Because, but it is being provided right at the door. Hallelujah. Wait, you can't, this, this can't be more clearer in terms of this. But it is true. But why, what, why should they have confidence in what they walk? Because the word of the government told them that it has been tested. You believe the word of a man, believe also in God. That's why Jesus said to Philip, he said to one of them, I think Philip, you believe in God, believe also in me. I am telling you, you are righteous. Therefore, he had to appear to the disciples three times and said, peace, peace, peace. And the fourth time he appeared, Jesus asked, did not tell them peace because now they are not in a closed door. They are, where are they? They are out on the sea of Galilee. Now why? Why? Why are they out on the sea? Because God has, Jesus has appeared to them three times and declared to them that they are righteous and they don't have nothing to be afraid of. Now they are outside. They are not afraid. And Jesus asked them what question? Children, do you have any? Do you have any food? Means now comes the glory. Glory. The wealth of the Gentiles will now be turned to you because now you are ready to receive. Before you glory comes, you need to believe that there is peace. You are peace, at peace with God. Peace within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. Peace within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. Before prosperity will come to you, the exceedingly abundantly riches of the Gentiles, you need to believe that you deserve to be blessed. You have share peace. You will not receive the multitude of the fish turned to you until Jesus had to show up three times. Again, look at the number three. Three crossings to remind them that they are righteous and perfect. Hallelujah. Let's just give God the glory.